isn't competition the fundamental component of capitalism, right? That if you have a sense that anybody can enter in and anybody can say, no, I want to build that widget and I want to offer that service and I want to do that thing and I want to offer it with a higher level of service, with a, a better attitude, with a cleaner outfit, for a lower price, whatever it is, I can compete in that space. Competition is what on some weird level makes us us, right? But we're going to talk about it a bit about it when it comes to employer brand. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes, you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the Talent Cast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. So, recording a little early. Got some a crazy week coming up, so I'm trying to figure out how to do it. So it's a Friday, not a Saturday or Sunday. Um, which means nothing to you because I'm still publishing on a Monday, but I just like to let you know where it is. The gorgeous, pretty 50 degree and uh, partly cloudy day in Chicago. Uh, it's bright, it's lovely. My daughter's at school, so away we go. I want to talk about competition. Now, everybody thinks they have to compete, right? Everybody thinks they have to be in a position where they have to understand the competition. If you're going to do an employer brand audit, like step number two is to say, okay, who am I competing against? Who are my competitors? Nine times out of 10, it's a very, I won't say limited, I'll say, I'll say surprisingly focused perspective, right? That's a good way to frame that, right? It's not limited. It's just perhaps a smidge over-focused. That is to say, let's say you're, you're a 30-person, um, let's say, good startup. You've got some money. You've got some funding. You're moving forward. Your product is well-received. You're growing, and you need a developer. You need a project manager. You need a blank, right? Um, and this isn't to say that I'm belaboring or fawning over the startup world because they're somehow magical special. I'm just saying in this specific instance because being specific is important when we're talking about this. And you say, I need a developer. And we'll skip right past what kind of developer you need, what kind of programming language, what kind of experience, blah, blah, blah. And you say, and I ask you, hey, person trying to hire a developer because I'm the employer brand person, who's your competition? What percentage of them say Google and Facebook? <laughs> like 80? I want to hear from LinkedIn, right? For those of you, you know, if you've got a, you spend any money with LinkedIn, they'll, they'll produce all those reports that say this is what's going on uh, and then this is how you're working relative to your competitive set and how, dear LinkedIn, how many people list Google and Facebook or Apple and Amazon as one of their competitors as if there are a million competitors to Amazon because there's not. There's no competitors to Amazon right now. Maybe if you squint real hard, there's Walmart. But there's no competitors to Wal to Amazon. Well, I mean, from a consumer standpoint. But everybody thinks if you're hiring a developer, you're clearly going to hire developers who are also considering Google and Amazon and Facebook and, you know, the usual suspects, as it were, right? But that's not true. That's not really what's happening. Let's say... What? Another tangent? I know already. It's not even three minutes in here. Um, let's say you want to go and you tell me you want to go on vacation. I ask, where do you want to go on vacation? You're like, I don't know. I just know I want to go on a beach. Okay, that's fantastic. Do you want to go to Mexico? Do you want to go to Puerto Rico? Do you want to go to south of France? Do you want to go to Greece? Or do you want to go to Iceland and Norway? 
what? Yeah, they have beaches there. They're gorgeous, I'm told. I haven't seen them myself, but I'm told they're beaches. They're gorgeous beaches. Now, they're a smidge chillier than, than, than south of France, than, uh, than uh, Puerto Vallarta, as it were. Um, they're a little chillier, and your experience is going to be different. But if you say, I want to go to the beach, why aren't you including those things in there? Why aren't you including Tierra del Fuego down the southern, southern tip of South America? You know, the place you stop before you end up in Antarctica. Technically, also, Antarctica has a beach, right? You, we've all seen March of the Penguins. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a cliff, but it's still a beach, right? A beach being a place where land and water meet. If you want to say, okay, sand, okay, we'll, we'll trim Antarctica from the, from the list. But really, you're talking about all sorts of places around the world, none of whom are the same. None of which are the same. Australia, New Zealand, Japan, all have beaches. Russia kind of sort of has a beach, like maybe three weeks out of the year. It's really cold. Um, you, Africa, let's go to Africa. Let's talk about the Middle East. There's all these beaches. And you're telling me you want to go to beach, and I just say, yeah, let's go to the beach. Let's go to Iceland. You're like, but I, I wanted someplace warm. You said beach. Now, I bring this up not because I like to say beach, but apparently I do, uh, but because to say that you want a developer, you're assuming that all developers are the same, and that's not true, right? If you are at 20-person, 30-person startup, and you're kind of moving forward, and you've got some funding, and things are progressing, why on earth do you think your competitive set for developers are people who would also consider Google? You know, a company that has about a bajillion developers across the globe. It's, 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 this, it's, they're both competitive for developers in the same way that both Iceland and Puerto Vallarta are competing for the beach-going set. They are so radically different that to say I'm competing for the same body is absolutely laughable. It's absolutely ludicrous. And I think once you start to embrace this idea, you start to have a better conversation about who is my com competition for talent, right? If you say I'm looking for someone who's also, if I'm a startup, guess what? Your competition is anybody else who might be interested in working at startups. Why? Well, because startups are a special thing. They're, they're different. They're a completely different breed in the same way that Google is radically different from, other, from smaller companies. Not just because it's Google, because they have some sort of special sauce in it, but because they're massive. And because of the massiveness comes specific bonus structures and office spaces and perks and, you know, politics, I'm guessing, and the stuff that comes with working in a big business, right? Go back 50 years, the choice was do you want to work in uh, a massive company or do you want to work in a small local company? It doesn't matter what you're doing in that massive company, be it Ford or General Electric or, I don't know, Procter & Gamble. These are massive, massive companies. American Steel, right? Well, that was a long time ago. Um, British Steel, what the hell? We'll throw that in there. I'll, I'll, I'll withhold my XTC making plans for Nigel quotes later. Um, you know, that's, that's, these are massive companies, and you choose to work there not because you're in love with steel, not because you're in love with pr consumer packaged goods, but because they were big companies, and they offered something that big companies offer, and that is generally stability, structure, scale, potential for impact, but really you've got to navigate all the other stuff that comes along with it, like politics, right? Small companies are radically different. They're, you know, really small companies are one where everybody knows everybody and everybody knows what's good at everybody and everybody wears different hats and everybody tries different things and everybody, you know, brings lots of different things. You know, you're really trying to leverage as much as you can out of each individual person because if you only have 10 or 15 or 
20 people instead of 10,000, 15,000, or 20,000, each one person, if you increase the value of one person 1%, you actually notice that. You can actually see it in the bottom line, where if you increase one person 100% at a Procter & Gamble, at a Ford, at a Google, you won't even notice. I mean, unless their name is Johnny Ives, right? You, you, if you'd get two Johnny Ives, well, then they, okay, that's a thing. But for the most part, you can't. So when you think about who you're looking for talent, if you're thinking about your employer brand and someone comes, someone like me says, who is your competition? You can't just throw out the litany of companies who are just like yours, except infinitely bigger because one day in a million years, you'd like to be them. That aspirational thinking of my, comp my competitive set is Google. No, Google does not know your name. Google literally has to Google you to figure who the hell you are, right? That's how small your company is relative to a Google. Google is not an 800-pound gorilla. Google is an 8,000-pound gorilla, and it does whatever it does. It does not notice most of us, right? So to say that you're Google's competition or you, you're competing for people who would want Google, what can you offer that is so similar to what Google can offer? And if you start by saying we have free good coffee, keep trying. You've got a long way to go. You, the things that attract people about Google, aside from the brand name, aside from the fact they're a massive company, aside from the fact that their parents know what Google, everybody knows what Google is, there's, there's some status in that, but also that there's a million perks and you know, somewhere there's a massage room and there's you know, free food and, 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 and the stuff, the Google-y stuff that comes with it, the reason why Google is that company, right? All of the things. If you're in San Francisco or if you're in the Valley, you got the bus with the Wi-Fi that takes you to the office. You got all the doodads. You got farmers markets in the, on the campus. You got all the stuff. Are you as a 30-person startup going to offer a farmers market in your office? Of course not. Of course not. You're probably jammed in like, you know, sardines into a can trying to figure out when is a good time to buy more or rent more or lease more space. When does it make more sense? You are not. And no one is thinking about you in the same way as they think about Google on any conceivable level. And that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that because what happens is the more you think about it and the more you see this competitive set and really consider who your competitors really are, it's a reflection of how mature you're thinking about employer brand is. If you think your competition is Google, you are at the bottom rung of the employer brand thinking maturity ladder. I just invented that this second. The Employer Brand Maturity Ladder, play BML. That's not really a very interesting acronym, but whatever. And that is to say, you don't understand why people want to work for you. You think people are flipping a coin. Do I work for you or do I work for Facebook? No, there is no coin flip. There is no coin flip. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. You are so different. What you offer is so different from those companies, you can't include them on their competitive set. However, there are a litany of companies who are not named Google and Facebook who are in a similar position as you or offer similar reasons for existing and similar brand promises, and those people are your competition. 
The Red Cross is a fine organization. I, I, I say broadly. I'm going to paint with a nice big brush. I don't think they're the best organization or the best nonprofit. I don't think the worst. They have pluses and minuses and pros and cons like everybody else, right? But we're going to say, you know what? It's very hard to argue with a mission to save, to, to, to collect blood to save people's lives, to show up in emergencies and try and save lives. It's kind of hard to quibble with the mission, right? So let's go ahead and say they're our example. Could they hire people from Amazon? Sure. The Red Cross is filled with smart, engaged, uh, motivated, driven, ambitious people, much like Amazon and Google and Facebook and all those companies. But they're not the same. Even though they are big, both very big organizations, I think Facebook, Google, Amazon edges Red Cross, um, but they're both global organizations. They both offer an opportunity to make an impact. They both offer scale. They both offer status, right? You meet someone at a party and you say, I'm the executive vice president of blah, blah, blah at the Red Cross. Somebody's going to say, huh, you're saving lives. Interesting. You say you're, you're a day manager of you know, local company 101. They're like, uh, yeah, okay, great, whatever. And there's no status in that. Red Cross has some status. Don't kid yourself. So is the person who's hiring at the Red Cross thinking of Google as their competitive set? No. Because the person they're trying to hire is not trying to say, hmm, do I want to make a couple of million by the time I'm 35 or do I want to save lives? That is not exactly your coin flip thought process, right? That is not something that people think about. They think, perhaps, maybe in one scenario, I'm going to go make my couple million before I'm 35 and then go save some lives once I've kind of set myself up in a place that I feel comfortable and I can go decide to surf the world or save some lives or do what I want to do. I want to make my money first, right? That's a, that's, a, that's a valid narrative, right? That makes some kind of sense. Obviously, some, a lot of people, when they show up and they get the money, they kind of get addicted to the money and they don't ever leave to go save the world, but some people do, and that's the narrative. But at the same time, if you're, if you're the Red Cross and you're trying to hire a, a semi-experienced, maybe someone with three or four years of experience in developing, you're not trying to compete with Google because Google's offering six plus, deep six figures for that space. You know, they're offering $150,000, $250,000 a year for these jobs, some of them, depending in the valley. Um, Red Cross is not offering that. <laughs> it's not apples to apples. What Red Cross is or should be looking for are people who align with the mission of saving lives. People who are willing to take a, and I, I use this as an asterisk and as a model, but not in no way reflective of real numbers. People who are willing to take, let's say, a 10 to 20% pay cut to save some lives. The person willing to take a 10 to 20% pay cut to save lives is not the person who goes, yeah, I want, am I choosing between Amazon or Google? Which one offers me the biggest package? Go over to Blind. I love Blind. I love the chatter there because it reveals so much of what the innermost thoughts of some of our most highest paid developers are. And that's really like 90% of the people on Blind. These are highly paid developers. And they're saying, I've got three years experience and I've got two offers and they're quibbling between $1,000. Now I might, or you might say, oh, $1,000, not no money. Yeah, but when you're making 180 versus 181,000, $1,000 is a rounding error. It's not something you concern yourself with. And these people are talking about, do I go back and ask the company that offered me 180 to match the 181? How do I squeeze a little bit more juice out of the line? The person who's looking to squeeze maximum juice out of the line is not the person who's going to take the 20% pay cut to show up to the Red Cross. 
Are these people competing for the same people? No. These companies are not in any way, shape, or form competing for the same people. So again, I ask you, who is your competition? If you move up that, what do I call it, employer brand maturity ladder, copyright James Ellis 2018, apparently, um, prior art, um, understanding that your competition might work at a bank, understanding your competition might work at, understanding where they work and not trying to figure out who is me but a cookie cutter, that's the more mature model to say, you want to find the person who is unsatisfied at a hospital, at a bank, at a manufacturing facility, at another, you know, at another company because they took the job because they thought they were motivated by what the bank, the hospital, the manufacturing, the Googles, the Facebooks were, were motivated by. Turns out they don't like to be motivated by that. Turns out what they're really motivated by is, and we're going back to the Red Cross example here, saving lives. And they know if they move to the Red Cross, the job will pay them enough to get by. They won't be able to sock away millions of dollars by the time they're 35. But they're going to pay their mortgage and their rent and pay for their student loans, and they're going to be fine. They're not going to starve. They might not get bottle service, but man, they're going to be fine. But they've chosen something different. They've learned something about themselves. In that case, Red Cross's comp competition set is not the Googles and Facebooks. It's the people who are starting to fall out of love with those companies. Now, how do you go and do an audit on those people? You kind of Well, you can, but not by the company, not because they're Google. Everybody at Google isn't unhappy with Google. There are plenty of people. Well, this is a bad week to talk about who's happy and who's unhappy at Google given the walkouts, but you know what I'm saying. People, there's plenty of people at Google who are thrilled to be at Google. I've seen the Glassdoor scores. They're very high, right? But a small segment went, you know what? This isn't quite what I want. I thought I wanted all this money and money's not as fun as I want it to be. It turns out what I really want is blah, blah, blah. That's who you want to tack into. But if you say my competition are the people dissatisfied is Google, how do you segment them out? You can't. You have to say, okay, I have to find another company whose motivations are similar to mine, whose brand promise is relatively similar to mine, and then say the way you compete with that company, not because they're in the same industry, not because you're the same size, not because you're in the same geographic location, but because you're motivated by the same things, because those people are motivated by the same things. Your job to build a strong employer brand is to say, how do I over overperform in that space relative to company X? So let's say you're back to that 30-person startup. There's another startup, other side of the city. They're a little, they're a smidge bigger. Not because they're better than you, just because their funding was different and they needed to hire different people so they have more bodies, but they're funded about the same and you're both motivated by uh, empowerment or um, innovation. That's a good one. You're, you're doing the cutting edge of cancer research, of time travel, of whatever. You're doing cutting edge stuff. And someone who's a great developer or a project manager or a product manager or manager manager, people manager or a data scientist or what have you is motivated by innovation. They want to be, they want to see what the cutting edge, they want to be in the science fiction novel today. What is the bleeding edge of the future? Where is it today? And they're, that's who they're thinking. That's their motivation. Where do you go to be in a place where you get to see the future being made in front of you? In fact, you get to do, you get to play your part in making the future. When you think about it that way, is Facebook 
inventing the future? No, they're buying Oculus, not knowing what to do with it and throwing it away. They're buying Instagram so they can sell you more ads. There are good and th bad things about Facebook, and there's a whole other conversation about what I like and don't like about Facebook, but innovation is not where it's at. It's about how do I sell ads and how do I get bigger. You're there for status because everybody knows what Facebook's called. So if you're looking for people who are focused on that innovative motivation and then you're like a matrixing it now, so you've got that's one column. The other side is are interested in a place where fast moving, not too big, not full of politics. Everybody gets to play a lot of different roles. You can now see that you are competing. You and that other company across the city are competing for similar people. Do it a different way. Again, you're in, focused on innovation. You're hiring for innovation. You're hiring for people who are motivated by innovation. You're a 30 person startup. You're funded. You're growing. You're fine. There's another company next door who's about the same size, but their focus is not on innovation. Their focus is on, I don't know, values that the startup they're making will one day cure cancer, which is interesting because you're curing cancer, but you're focused on innovation and they're focused on values, the mission of what they're doing. Are they your competition? Now, on the surface, yeah, they're a startup. They're very close to you geographically. You're both focused in the same industry. You're both trying to cure cancer, but your brand is really actually different and thus you are not competing. You're, they're your beaches, one in Iceland and one in Puerto Vallarta. Why I'm going to Puerto Vallarta, I'm in my head, I don't know. It's a little chilly in Chicago, but not that cold. We haven't even hit winter. Your focus is on someone who wants to do the innovation, someone who wakes up in the morning, wakes up early in the morning and says, how do I make the future happen? And not the person who says, how do I save a life? There's nothing wrong with saving a life and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make the innovation. But if the, you're surrounded by people who want to save lives and that's the reason you show up, you want to be in that group. You will align better if you are similarly motivated. And if you switch two of those people between companies, so the person who's focused on innovation now lives in the company that vote, vote, values, focus motivated by values and mission, and the company, the person who used to work at the company focused on values and mission now works at the company focused on innovation, it's going to be awkward. You're not going to get the same value. They might be equally talented, but if they're not motivated by the same things, you create friction. How do I know? Okay, let's play that out. Let's finish that story. You're in the company motivated by saving lives, right? You're, you're curing cancer and you know if you figure out how to figure out this little project, you're going to save 15 lives, right? Or that's, that's the expectation. If you can get this product to market at the right time when you said you were going to, it's going to save a lot of people. And if you don't fix this project the right way and don't make your delivery on time, 15 people will not have their cancer cured in time because you didn't finish your project. The person who's driven by innovation goes, yep, yeah, I'm still creating the future. I might go home. The person who's focused on saving lives may not go home because they're like, but I can see clearly that if I fix this today, if I sweat it out tonight, if I work Sunday, I meet the deadline and meet everything else and I'm not slowing to deliver the project. Not because I'm, I care about innovation because I know that if I deliver this product in time, I could save the 15 lives I think I can save. Those are two very different people and you are not competing for those people. 
Do you understand? Do you see how it works? If you're motivated by the reason why Amazon is Amazon is because Jeff Bezos is Jeff Bezos. He's the kind of guy who takes a door and sticks it on sawhorses and says, I don't want to spend any money. I'm cutting my margins to the bone, but I think if I invest, I can grow something big. They were not focused on innovation per se. They were focused on a mission of becoming the biggest company in the world, becoming the best, the biggest store in the world. And you do that by cutting your margins across the board and growing the scale and focusing on scale. And if someone had showed up and saying, are we saving lives? No, eh, I'm going home at five. Guess what? They don't fit. Just showing them the door, I'm guessing. It's very early on, right? Competition is knowing who you are and who is attracted to you and understanding where those people are, what other companies are similarly focused on your motivation. That's truly who your competitive set is. And that's how you should be comparing yourself when you're looking at your employer brand saying, how do we stack up? Who cares how you stack up to Google? Google's gonna do what it does. And if you try and match what Google does and you don't have a couple bajillion dollars in the bank, that's a real number by the way, uh, you're not competing against them. And you can't offer what they do. You simply can't. So understanding who your competitive set is, is beyond industry. It's beyond scale or size. It's beyond geography. It really is a lot more, as much about motivation as anything else. If you're focused on saving lives because you're a cancer causing, or you're cancer, cancer causing, woof, I can't edit that out, cancer curing startup, you might want to look at Red Cross because those people are interested in saving lives. Do they have developers you need? Sure they do. Project managers, absolutely. Data scientists, you betcha. And maybe you can make the pitch that says, here, we're saving lives in a way that might scale bigger. You might make a bigger impact. You might save more lives. That is a compelling argument because you understand who your competition is. You understand who you're competing with to get great talent. All right. That's all I had to say. Uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, I think I'm going to show up on the Talent Brand Alliance podcast this week. I'm terrified because it's a video podcast, and no one told me it was a video podcast, so I literally recorded in my bedroom. And yeah, and let's all be fair. Let us be fair. My child is adorable and sweet and, and, and just a gorgeous little child, and she looks exactly like me. I look like me except not gorgeous and attractive. I have the proverbial face for radio. A video podcast is not my forte. So I apologize if you're, anyone has to watch that. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of The Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.